0: And here in studio with us, we have Patrick Byrne. You're the former founder of Overstock.com, and now you're working with the America Project, correct, with General Michael Flynn? Yes, Lydia. And, and tell us, you've been we've been following you in the news. You've been pushing to testify before the January 6th committee. You were a part of a lot of these meetings. Tell me what's going on.
1: Well, it is kind of funny that because it's been known and in the report in the press, I was in the infamous December 18th meeting, four of us in the Oval Office, uh, four and a half hours, I was part of that entire conversation. History is going to, in a hundred years, they should be analyzing that conversation and what was said and what happened.
0: So talk first, that meeting, what was that meeting about? Talking about...
1: It, well, I will also mention I was there on January 5th with the senators and congressmen briefing them Uh, So I know everything. And even Mike Flynn and Roger Stone have come out and said, I don't know. They've said publicly, I don't know why they're speeding us. Patrick Byrne was in the middle of it and knows more than us. Just ask Patrick Byrne. J6 committee for nine months. I took out ads saying, hey, why don't you have me in? I'll clean this all up for you. Uh, So I have so, uh, you know, so I can say exactly what was discussed in the December 18th meeting. And I'm the guy who actually laid out the options to the president. The, I, laid out, they, I had practiced it in my room, so I know exactly what I said and how I laid it out and everything. So the, uh, uh, that, that's what's going on, and the same with the January 5th.
2: Now, a lot of people are saying that the guards opened up the doors and let the people in.
1: Yeah, there's videos of it. And those, those doors are 20,000 pounds each. So ten- nobody broke down the doors to get in. No, that was built, rebuilt in the 50s so tanks could occupy Wall Street. You can't get into the Congress. That was, They absolutely opened these huge magnetic and, and, doors. And the other thing they said,
2: they, oh, it's an insurrection. I mean, to me, an insurrection, you need, if all 300 people should have their muskets, I'm joking, or guns. And I understand the FBI report says there's only one gun found among all of them.
1: Yep. And here's something I'll lay, since you're asking me that, I'll lay a bombshell on you. The militias reached out to me two days before that. I was seeing in the Trump Hotel and a man showed up at my door. A guy, tough looking guy, I didn't know, somehow got to my door in the Trump Hotel. And I stepped outside to talk to him. He didn't know that I had a .45 behind my back because I didn't know it was coming to my door. And I stepped outside and he's, his mission was to tell me I'm here from the militias, from such and such a militia. And we want you to know you're, that you're the only guy we listen to outside our militia. And you say the word, we'll do. but we're coming to town tomorrow with 10,000 people are coming in with long guns. And we're going to come in and take the city. And I said, sir, you're saying that your people will take an order from me? And he said, yep, well, you're the only guy. I said, then my order is absolutely not under any circumstance, not a single weapon, no guns, nothing. I would be so disappointed if anybody brings – th- they tell me that if I had not done that, there would have been 10,000 long guns, rifles, and stuff. I didn't realize – I thought they were talking about taking over the city. I didn't realize they were talking about taking the, a building. Uh, but that's actually – I don't think I've said that publicly. That's probably the kind of thing that will get you arrested. But Breaking
2: the, news. <laughs> oh, my God. The
1: militias showed up, and even since then, the militias, once in a while, I my life has become like Fight Club. You know, Fight Club, when you go around and some bartender comes up and talks to the Edward Norton – Everywhere I go, not everywhere, but once in a while, certainly every few weeks, somebody somewhere will, will, who sees me will come over and bring me a message from a militia.
2: Why did they kill that poor gal? Uh, I think
1: that the uh, Ashley Babbitt. Yes. There's a heck of a movie out that has completely changed my mind. Uh, Ashley Babbitt, I think, well, a, a new video has gotten has become available in the last month. She was a I didn't realize this. she was a police officer. She was in the military, a police officer, military police, for 14 years. She was very familiar with all the procedures. And there's a video that no one has seen before that shows she saw this crowd coming. She ran up to those cops to warn them, you don't have enough. You need reinforcements. So, And then the guy comes up next. They lifted her, they lifted her up in place. Like. Yep. It's almost like they, well, even worse. Here's something you'll find out. You know, the man next to her had a motorcycle helmet. He was bashing the glass next to her. She tried to stop him. She ends it up. There's a tape no one has seen yet or until she punches him from behind, knocks off his glasses. He's Antifa. That guy has turned out to be the guy who was standing there breaking the glass. She that that started it all sheep and she punched him and tried to stop him. Then she then there is this weird thing happens where she gets held up. And a police officer on the other side, now the normal procedure is they're supposed to give a verbal warming warning, then make themselves seen. Then they have a whole ladder. They can go from pepper spray to uh, you know a, a taser to a hand to a baton to a handgun. Now they have the authority to jump that scale, but they're supposed to go up that spectrum. That guy with no vis she never saw him, didn't say a thing, and he he from about this far away, just very carefully aims and pops one into her throat. I mean, that is, that's got to be murder in my eyes.
2: I mean, I don't know how you feel about
1: it. I do. I think she, I think think there's some chance that the man next to her, the Antifa guy who was breaking the glass, there may have been some communication to say, kill this woman. I don't know. When you see this video, there's something crazy going on, but there's a police, that policeman seems to be taking an order, and then he steps forward and picks her out, and it's very clear. He picks her out, and Pops. And now, from Patrick about this Byrne, far,
0: I want to ask you, In during any of these conversations with President Trump on December 18th, on January 5th, was there, was there any talk about, let's take over the Capitol, let's, let's get violent, let's I, get, a, you know, because that's what the January 6th committee is trying to paint. We heard Cassidy Hutchinson saying that Trump wanted to go and allow people armed to, to come into the Capitol. Is any of that true?
1: Absolutely. I know exactly what was said in that room. In that four and a half hours, not only is—and th- I am saving—I mean, I'm going to be—well, I hope to get in front of the J6 committee at some point soon. And I will tell them the exact story. But no, Trump was absolutely anything but. So, why, why would they let you in? It seems like they're being very prejudiced who they do let in. Well, they're, they haven't want to let me in because they're—well— it could be because they're trying to create a narrative, and I know a truth. And my truth is maybe 30 degrees off their narrative, so they don't want to hear it. I actually think there is some mischief. I think there was some mischief, and it traces back to some, some Republican elements who are anti-Trumpers, maybe involved. I don't know. There is some. I was close enough to know that on January 5th and 6th, there was something going on behind the scenes that was a, a setup.
0: But Trump was not trying was not to Trump. incite. An insurrection.
1: Absolutely not. In fact, Trump let me know. He said like three times because we were saying there's a solution that we can get to the bottom of this in two weeks and really in three days. We just need to look at six hard drives. And give us in three days, we'll have your answer, sir. And if we don't find what we think we're going to find, you're going to need to concede very quickly. He couldn't tell me quickly enough. Patrick, you have no idea how easy it will be for me to concede. You see, there he pointed to the south lawn of the White House. He said, On January 20, there'll be a helicopter, a Marine One landing there. It'll be the easiest thing in the world for me to walk in, get in. I will never spend a day in this town again. I've got my golf courses, I've got my friends. My life is going to be great. But, Patrick, can I really do that if I think that this election has been st- stolen and there may be a foreign nation involved? Can I re- So it seemed to me a perfectly appropriate moral deliberation he was having. He was anything but some tyrant trying to hold on to power. I think he was quite ready to go. But he felt that – I mean, I think he was really – I think his own—he was very defeated by his own staff. They really let him down, and they weren't fighting for him. And I, he was very—he was sad and ready to go. But he was saying, "How can I go if I think that this is?" Was great? it
2: the presentation, the way he he did it? You know, I, I found. Look, I know Donald for for President Trump. I always want to call him President Trump for forty years, and he does make a lot of mistakes. you, you know, you know what I you know every day. Every day he makes new enemies for no reason sometimes. Mm -hmm. His style. You know,
1: I did not vote for him. Just
2: so you know, I didn't
1: vote for him either time. I'm a libertarian, a small L libertarian. I've never voted Democrat or Republican for president. And I said some very nasty things about him before he became president. When I was first in that Oval Office, the first thing he said was, you know, he was very gentle. He said, Patrick, I know you said some not very nice things about me. And I, before I was elected, and I said, sir, I did. And I did about Hillary, too. My feelings have warmed about you somewhat since you're in office. But this has nothing to do with that. I'm here because I think that something happened on November 3rd. And uh, frankly, if I thought they'd done it to Biden, I'd be in Biden's office right now. I'm here because I, you know, I have my thoughts about the election. So he was anything but how he's he, – and I actually became quite fond of him in, a four, in over four hours. He's a very different man than I ever so – he's nothing at all like the – the guy that, the, you know, he was not a, he's just not, he was a very gentler and s- more thoughtful and much more intelligent guy than I had any idea. He, he's me. a very bright guy. Boy, they never t- he's very smart, isn't he? Uh,
2: well, I'm going to tell you a story that uh, was t- that, uh, th- that's known to a lot of people. His secretary, he, he would, in the old days before Twitter, he would write a nasty note to somebody. And his secretary in New York, uh, who I know very well, I'm not going to mention her name, uh, would, would type out the letter and would hold it for 24 hours. Huh. 24 hours later, she would go to him, Mr. Trump, you really want to send this? I don't think you should. And he'd look at it and say, hey, and we'd tear it up. <laughs> but the problem was there was nobody there at 3 o'clock in the morning when he would Twitter. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a true story. That makes perfect sense.
1: So I can, given that our nation seems to be close to, I think the J6 committee thinks that I'm going to be adversarial if I ever get to see them. And I wish they understood I'm not. I, although we don't agree about what happened on November 3rd, there's very. I think that they have a legitimate purpose and figure out what happened from November 4th to J, January 6th. And there's a bunch of blank spots they need to know. And if I, I'm hoping that if they know the truth, it can maybe
2: diffuse the situation. Well, Thank you so much for uh, coming into uh, WABC. And, uh, I don't know if you know interview. Patrick
0: Byrne. We're all about telling the truth. Like, I, that's what John is all about, the ju- truth, justice, in the American way.
1: I know that's what you're about, John. You have a great yeah. reputation. You too, Lydia, and I'm honored to be on your show.
2: And uh, we, if you do testify, we'd like you to come back and, and talk about it.
1: I'd be honored, sir. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much.